Welcome to The Road to Rural Prosperity, featuring stories about rural Oklahoma and rural America. Guiding us on the journey today is our host, Ron Hayes. Good day, everyone. I'm Dave Lanning, sitting in for Ron Hayes today, and uh, welcome to the latest edition of The Road to Rural Prosperity. Stay with us after the break when Casey Shepard steps in, and she's got a great interview with Carl Josephy. That coming up right after this. The Oklahoma Rural Water Association. They've been representing water and wastewater systems across Oklahoma since 1970. The Oklahoma Rural Water Association was formed to enhance the quality of life in rural Oklahoma through the development and delivery of services and programs for the benefit of ORWA members and the rural people they serve. Hillary Communications serving more than 19,000 customers with telephone service in 22 counties throughout Oklahoma and Texas. The company also offers IP television service and internet speeds up to one gig. Hillary Communications continuously researches the marketplace for innovations and strives to improve underdeveloped areas, offering services that exceed customer expectations. Hillary Communications, providing ultra-fast broadband, digital cable, and telephone service to thousands of customers across Oklahoma, Texas, and Iowa. To learn more, go to hillcom.net. Talking today with Jackson County Executive Director Carl Josephy, we're talking about all things FSA related because, man, Carl, we've had kind of a crazy year with people getting too much rain, some people not getting enough rain. So kind of give us an overcap about what producers need to be thinking about right now. Okay, thank you for this opportunity. Uh, It's always a pleasure to be able to get in front of producers to let them know what is occurring with the Farm Service Agency. We have a lot of programs going on. And it does overlap. Sometimes it gets even confusing for us, and we work here. Uh, The first and foremost is the newly announced Emergency Relief Program, ERP. It's Disaster Recovery Assistance for Commodity and Specialty Crop Producers. That really is uh, including specialty and non-specialty crops, and I'll explain a little bit more about that in just a moment. Uh, This is a brand-new program. It was actually signed into law uh, in September 30th. Due to the complexity of the program, they tried to simplify it as much as possible to make it easy for producers to sign up for and for uh, FSA to enroll these producers into this program. Uh, It includes $10 billion in assistance to agricultural producers that were impacted by wildfire, uh, drought, hurricane, winter storms, and other eligible disaster that disasters that occurred across the state, across the nation, actually. And it had to be disasters that occurred during the calendar years 2020 and 2021. Interestingly, uh, some producers that have 22 wheat crop, a 2022 wheat crop or other small grains that were planted in the fall of 2021 will also be eligible if they had eligible disasters that were filed Uh, that were related to a disaster condition that occurred in calendar year 2021. So we will have a few of those as well. Uh, Phase one and phase two, we have two phases under this program. Phase one will cover uh, losses that occurred that were accounted for through the federal crop insurance or NAP, uh, the non-insured crop disaster assistance program that we offer for non-insurable crops. And we're going to use the data that was uh, calculated under both of those programs or either program for losses that occurred in 2020 or 2021. 
the information will come straight from crop insurance in most cases. Uh, there's a two-phase approach. It, and the way they did the two-phase approach, it, it's going to enable us, FSA, and USDA to streamline the application process because it pulls in RMA data and NAP data that is already on file and will give these producers a lot easier application process to file. In fact, I have an application right in front of me today in preparation for this uh, this program. The, uh, the applications have all been mailed as of last Wednesday to all applicable producers under phase one who received a crop insurance indemnity or a NAP payment uh, during 2020 or 2021. And on the application, it will show the year or years that will be included. And under each one of those years, it will show the insured crop information and the NAP crop information, the name of the crop, the indemnity payment that was received for that crop, and the estimated calculated payment for each one of those units where the producer had a loss. Uh, the best part about this is it does show that payment. And I've already heard from a couple of producers who were excited to know that that information will be listed on their application. The uh, only process that the producer has to go through is to look at each unit that is listed on the application and determine what their share of the crop was per unit. Unfortunately, FSA will not be able to assist these producers in determining what the uh, share should be per unit. And the reason is there's no farm serial number, there's no location, there's no data on there that comes from FSA except under the NAP program. For instance, if, if I received a crop insurance loss for wheat and cotton, and I've got a couple of units where I'm sharing with another producer who is also listed on my application for coverage with crop insurance. They will be listed on the application as an SBI, and that means uh, substantial beneficial interest. It is possible that maybe on one or more units, there could be a producer uh, that's one of the SBIs that might have a share of the crop insurance indemnity. If they did, they should also be listed on this ERP application showing that they had a share of that crop. Uh, the best part about this is it will be paid immediately once we get a completed and signed application back from the producer. We will look at all of them to make sure that the proper signatures have been entered, uh, the shares have been entered, and uh, that the producers have notified us that it was the losses were due to an eligible loss condition. One thing that each producer that signs up for ERP must know about is they've got to uh, mark on the application of whether they will provide and uh, purchase a crop insurance or NAP policy for the next two available crop years. That's one of the eligibility criteria under this program is they must purchase uh, NAP coverage or crop insurance coverage on their eligible crops, their eligible for ERP payment, and uh, they've got to do it for the next two crop years. So, Carl, do they have like what's the timeline on this? If they if the producer gets it in the mail, when do they have to have it turned in by? We would like to have it as soon as possible within the next few days. We are hoping to have this uh, basically 
wrapped up and done on phase one within 60 days. It is very possible that we can do that because the applications were mailed directly to the participants. When I mean participant, that means the person that purchased a crop insurance application and received an indemnity or the person or entity that received a NAP payment that had a NAP application for coverage. So it's very soon, very quick. Right now, today, I do not have a deadline that they must they must sign up for. Um, it, I think they I think the payments all have to be issued by December 31st of 2023. That does not mean the application uh, that, that may not be the deadline for the applications, but I think the funding must be issued and paid by December 31st of 2023. Okay. So if you're a producer, you know, this is coming, you need to fill it out. If you do not get this in the mail, you will know you're not a part of this program. Possibly. uh, And and I'm saying possibly with respect to the fact that due to the mailing, it could have gotten lost in the mail. Okay. If you are, if you are a person that you believe you had a crop insurance loss or a map loss that was payable, then you need to check with FSA. If you haven't received your application in the mail within the next two weeks, I would say that you could go to your local FSA office and ask for a copy of your application. If FSA cannot provide you with one, that likely means under phase one, we cannot find or determine any losses occurred for your program, for your uh, your ID number. Maybe it's an entity that has an ID number. Maybe it's your you under your social security number. One of those two we may not be able to find uh, an application if you did not have a payable indemnity under phase one. One one last thing I wanted to point out before we move on to another subject is only eligible crops under phase one will include crops that were mechanically harvested or hand-picked. What I'm saying that is grazing crops will not be eligible for this program. Uh, Now, there are some cases where producers may have had PRF coverage, pasture, rangeland, and forage coverage. And it is possible that that annual forage loss is listed on their application. We at FSA, we cannot know for certain whether or not that producer was uh, paid for a mechanically harvested or hand-picked crop. We can't say that that grass acreage or that alfalfa acreage or the Sudan crop acreage was utilized for grazing or was utilized for haying or silage. So it's gonna be up to the producer to make that determination. Basically, uh, whatever we get in the mail from the producer, if it's signed and they stated that it was a crop that is eligible and that an eligible cause of loss occurred on that crop that received a crop insurance indemnity or NAP indemnity, then we're going to take it, we're gonna load it in the system and we're gonna pay it. Okay. Now let's talk a little bit about some, we've been just talking about the emergency relief program, but what are some other programs that producers in a timely manner kind of need to be aware of right now? Okay. Uh, Due to the drought, as we started out this program, we've got several other programs that may be applicable to producers across across the state, which might include the livestock forage program, LFP, Uh, the Livestock Indemnity Program, and the Emergency Livestock Assistance Program. I'll start out with the LFP program because we've had that for several years. Uh, It was implemented in 2014, and it's been a permanent part of the Farm Bill since then. 
The Livestock Forage Program is applicable when a specific county has entered into a D2 category under the U.S. Drought Monitor for eight consecutive weeks or a D3 or D4 at any time. And it could be for any type of grazing forage that was in place at the time the county triggered for eligibility. So it's, it's strategically based off the U.S. Drought Monitor. We don't have any control over it here at FSA, but as soon as we see that we triggered, what we do is we look out the window and, and then determine, okay, what particular type of uh, forages could be grazed at this time? So if a producer had eligible livestock grazing on eligible pasture at the time that the county triggered, that means that producer can apply for a payment on the livestock and the acreage that the producer had. So uh, we've, again, we've, we've made payments on this program for several years now. It's, it's a very popular program. It is a great benefit and it provides loss payments, uh, loss of grazing or forage benefits uh, from anywhere from one month up to five months of loss grazing payments and that will provide some benefits to those producers. Maybe they can go out and buy some feed for those livestock that they still have on hand. Right, right. So this one would be specific to county, like because we're going by the drought monitor. Yes, it is. Uh, in Jackson County, we triggered uh, back in December for wheat pasture, and we also triggered on April the 15th for warm season grass pasture. Now, each specific county will have a different trigger date, it is very possible that uh, eastern and maybe northeastern Oklahoma might not trigger for warm season grass, or maybe they have already triggered. The interesting part about it is once a county triggers, it doesn't matter what the weather conditions are after the county has triggered. It matters as of the date that they triggered that they were in a eligible drought, and then they will receive a payment if they have qualifying eligible livestock that were grazing the eligible pasture as of that time. Gotcha. So we hear a lot of stuff in the news that producers are supposed to be applying for. And you and I were kind of talking before. What are some misconceptions that folks may be thinking they should apply for, but it doesn't always apply directly to them? There's always some news about uh, different drought programs. In fact, I got an email this morning that uh, can I apply for LFP assistance was basically what it asked. And the answer is yes. And my biggest fear is that producers don't always get the information that they should. They should always check with their FSA office to see what is going on with different drought programs because we do get new ones uh, occasionally. Uh, the best thing is to stay informed of these programs. I think the biggest concern uh, that we all have is maybe the discussion that they receive outside of the FSA office misleads them, and maybe they think they're not eligible. Every every situation is different. It's really hard to describe every case that I would want to talk about, but the main thing is, is to stay in contact with FSA, keep informed uh, sign up for the Gov Delivery newsletters that we have through our FSA office and text alerts. We have the ability to send out text messages, too. Uh, so producers just need to really stay informed. Check with us occasionally on uh, the changes in the program. But more specifically, sign up every year and certify your crop acres. Whatever your acres are, whether it's grass acres or crop acres, be sure to report those acres on a timely manner. Yeah, because if you don't apply for some of these things, then you will not get paid. We know that is for sure, correct? That is correct. <laughs> we can guarantee you will not get a payment if you don't sign up. 
one other point I wanted to make is that uh, producers who sign up for payments are not always eligible. And that means they've signed an application for coverage or application for payment for a program. Maybe it's LFP. That does not necessarily mean they're going to be eligible because there's the application for coverage and it may or may not be approved. And then there's the eligibility for the program, which is a whole nother component. So we want to make sure that you filed your application for payment timely and correctly, and you also filed your eligibility paperwork. Interestingly, the eligibility part of our programs usually takes four or five different forms to be qualified. But uh, that's where we step in. We're, we're very good at what we do. We help these producers through all the programs. We want to make sure they're eligible because, after all, we serve our producers. If we didn't have the producers, we would not exist. So we, we want to take care of our guys. Well, I'll tell you what, Carl, this has been an amazing amount of information, and we just appreciate you so much uh, for clarifying things for us and for chatting with us today. You bet. Again, if you've got some questions about the livestock programs or the new ERP program, we will try to help where we can. The ERP program, uh, to sum it up, if you do have questions about your application that you receive in the mail, the main course of action would be to contact your insurance agent if it is for an insurable loss. If it's for a nap covered loss, that's where FSA can help you. If it's for livestock programs, whether it's a loss of grazing due to drought, whether it's a loss of livestock due to a wildfire, which we've had several of this year, or if it's anything else, we may have some assistance that can help you. Uh, please don't fail to contact your local FSA office. All right, Carl, thank you so much. We appreciate you. Thank you very much for having me. Thanks for joining us for today's Road to Rural Prosperity podcast. You can join the conversation about how rural Oklahoma can prosper by looking for us on Facebook. And you can find our growing number of conversations on our website, ruralprosperityok.com. The Road to Rural Prosperity podcast series is a production of the Radio Oklahoma Ag Network and OklahomaFarmReport.com. 